The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm Chapter 21 Dwarven Wisdom The dwarf gave his hand to Echo and helped her to her feet. She did not scowl at him in her usual way, and he took it to be a bad sign. The girl had lost a lot of blood. She was still conscious, but she had lost a lot of blood. For a while he had wondered if she was even going to make it. Stockholm still had his doubts. In fact, this chance encounter was a serious threat to their mission and their survival. Hit so soon into the maze with so far still to go. The dwarf rubbed his fingers through his beard. Kicking a pile of refuse out of the way, he unrolled the map upon the floor and had Echo hold the torch above it. He studied the way ahead, memorizing the next steps that the group needed to take. It would be hours yet until the waterfall, cavern, and then it would be longer if they were to scout for a new base camp. Echo hadn't been the only one wounded. Any more losses and the integrity of their defense would crumble. And then, perhaps, none of them would make it back alive. Stockholm suppressed a raw cough in his chest. He wouldn't let the others hear. The malady was affecting him more now. It had been their exertion on the march. Dwarves are unusually resilient to disease and fatigue. He knew that if it was starting to affect him, that the others were surely faring worse. He looked over to Orson pale as a dying ghost. For all of his doubts, he showed none of them. He went to each of the others and, with a word here and some encouragement there, he saw each of them recover a measure of stamina. They had to push on. By tomorrow, they might all be delirious like Kana. And then who would bring the water? the food. A moment later, Stockholm had Echo cut the torch. Light would only draw the demons down upon them faster. The vanguard slipped into the dark as Stockholm led the way. With his feet upon the stone, he took in every dip and slope and turn. Yes, there was danger here, but he was dangerous too. He was going to get the water, and he was going to find a safer camp. And by the axe of Morinar, woe to any goblin, or fiend, or orc brawler who dared to get in his way. Some offerings on the Iron Realm website extras tab have been updated and revised with clarified content. 
the new banners display better on a black and white printer too. And have you been inside the Onyx Vault? All the rules of the game are laid out conveniently in the Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide. And those who have entered the vault are already listening too to Chapter 22 of the Iron Realm Saga and beyond. I'd like to take a moment too to honor all you legendary powers who, through your vigilance, have held back the Demi-Wish through your continuing support of the Iron Realm cause. Write in with your accounts from the front or post them on the website. I, your Maze Master, will exalt your deeds as I may for all to hear. The Iron Realm, copyright A. Lenzo, is an extreme reimagining of the fantasy setting and can be found at theironrealm.com and theironrealm.blogspot.com. Legendary Powers The Maze Master showers honor upon the legendary powers who protect the realm. This night, a special bonus for all the legendary powers who are playing through the show as Character 8. From this time forward, each sacred writ that you complete represents a real power in the game. With the completion of each sacred writ, the respect and fear is gained against the various races of the Iron Realm. And this power is inherited too by Character 8. If you have completed a sacred writ, and if you are playing one of the Character 8 campaigns, note that your character cannot be harmed by the creature race so noted upon your sacred writ. Remain steadfast, legendary powers. Tire you not of your centuries-long burden against the Demi-Wish. Continue the completion of your deeds and legends and be rewarded in the Iron Realm. The Onyx Vault That which you have waited for. That which you have searched for. That for which you've 
hoped for is now complete. The Iron Realm, Solitaire Essentials, and Gaming Guide. The definitive companion to the Iron Realm, Dark Fantasy Solitaire RPG. Fully illustrated and compiled for you in an easy-to-use digital compendium. The Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide contains the full rules for Character 8 campaigns, Map Master campaigns, Role-Playing campaigns, the Transcendent Disciplines system, and ways to get involved in the Legendary Powers Global Fandom. Get a copy for your mobile device, or print it out for easy reference. Either way, the Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide will serve you well. This book includes the latest version of every Iron Realm gaming aid, including the Sacred Writ, the Character 8 Character Record, the Iron Realm Map Master's Adventure Log, the Map Master Graph Paper, and more. Eight in total, ready to use for your solitaire game. Also included the Iron Realm Listening Guide, as well as complete details for creating your own random dungeon maps for your own solitaire games. The Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide is in the Onyx Vault and has already gone out to some of the greatest friends of the show, such as artist Peter Seckler, whose art is featured in the book, as well as Karen Hatsigiorgio, musician Kevin McLeod, and the crew of the Save or Die podcast. Imagine the power with everything you need to play the game. Don't miss your chance to get your hands on the Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide. And don't forget, access to the vault includes pre-release versions of future episodes from the realm. Plus, who knows what additional treasures your Maze Master will place into the vault from time to time. Travel you well in dark places with the Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide. You will have the edge you need. <laughs> Please note, there will generally be between one and four chapters in the Onyx Vault during any given month, as well as one Iron Realm written offering. The exact contents of the Onyx Vault may change in the future. Access to the Onyx Vault is a gift from your Maze Master, and appreciation for exemplary support of the Iron Realm. I thank you for your generosity and for your brave exploits in defense of the Iron Realm. Tribal Matters 
deep within the maze. Level Alpha 1. Room number 7. The Goblin Refuse Pit. It is 2.20 p.m. on the ninth day of Primaris. The Vanguard has had food, drink, and rest, and are being led through the dark by Stockholm. Three were wounded by the giant bats. Paola, one out of eight. Stockholm, seven out of ten. And Echo, one out of five. The available spells are as follows. Treya, Aura against evil. Orson, invisible shield. Further, the group is diseased. And, due to their fatigue will suffer additional penalties if they are caught in combat. Orson takes the two bats that were defeated and packs them carefully into his backpack. These may later provide us some sustenance, says the elf, yet he pauses not to mention that the two flying rats are already mostly full of their companion's blood. Echo extinguishes the torch, not wanting to draw any more attention. A negative four blindness penalty applies to the humans who must be led through the dark by the dwarf and the elves. The marching order of the group is as follows. In the front, Stockholm and Iona. At the center, Echo and Treya, in the back, Paola and Orson. The group continues into the maze. Another roaming creature is indicated at location 1911 as the group moves towards the halls to the middle map. Surprise for the group. They will be surprised for their opponents the opponents are not surprised. The group is being silently tracked by a foe they cannot see. They are the Mezari, a jet-skinned race of elves. Yet these ones do not dream of trees, for they are pure evil. The Mezari slip through the halls silently, and they are able to see in the dark. And so they know that the vanguard has been wounded badly, and they know that half the group is blind. The Mezari tail them until the room of the painted totems. And as the vanguard enters, pausing to search for the secret door, the Mezari appear at the northern door. Halt! says the first Mezari. Stay away from your light, or we will shoot! The elves in Stockholm peer towards them. There are three tall elven women standing in the doorway 
and they have longbows trained upon the group as they have promised. Behind them, in the northern hallway, there are the voices of other elves. Nesari, whispers Stockholm, and by the sound of it, we're outnumbered. Stockholm glances amongst those of his number, and, sick with the malady, while also badly wounded, he realizes that a physical confrontation may not end well. Please, he says, we don't want to fight. But the women ignore him completely, choosing instead to speak to Treya. Your male is impudent, says the warrior who seems to be their leader. Silence him so that we of some mind may discuss a deal. Deal? Asks Treya, trying to size up her counterpart. We are always in need of males, says the Mazari woman. And it seems you have breeders to spare. Fat one, says the Mazari woman, pointing to Orson. You will deliver him into our care. Never look back, and we shall spare you this day. We shall not part with him, remarks Treya. Yes, we are wounded, but we may yet prevail if this comes to blows. We cannot give you our mail, but in tribute let me recognize your authority here with these gifts. Treya removes her diamond ear clip, her emerald dragon brooch, and produces also her magic scroll, Reader of Magic. In this way, she has a gift to present to each of the three Mazari. Although they are an evil race of elves, they do speak a variation on the elvish tongue. Treya is not giving them what they demanded, and yet, because she is presenting them with an exceptionally fine gift, I shall cancel the penalty. A straight reaction, 2d6. With hands outstretched, and with the gifts in hand, Treya begins approaching the Mazari women. No closer! says one, leveling her bow. Put the gifts on the floor. Treya does as she is told, and begins slowly to back away. The situation remains very tense, and it is very possible that a bowstring may yet be released. The rest of the group does nothing not wishing to exacerbate the situation. Another roll. It is only a two. In an instant, one of Treya's movements has been interpreted as a threat, and all three Mazari women let loose their arrows against her at once. Treya's armor value is five, for she is garbed in chainmail. Each of the Mazari needs a fourteen to strike her. The dice. The flanking Mazari rolls a one, and so she is penalized, unable to attack this round or next. The leftmost Mazari rolls an eight, and her arrow cracks against the back stone wall. 
Yet the leader rolls a 14. Her arrow flies true, and it strikes Treya. Three damage. Treya takes it in the chest, for it has pierced through her chain. Round one. The Vanguard. A three. The Mezari. A two. At once, Treya produces her sword and sprints across the chamber to the leader. Her armor value is five, and so Treya requires a fifteen. Nineteen. Treya puts the sword through the woman's heart, forcing her down to her knees, where, with a hissed breath, the elven villainess crumples to the ground. Orson follows through with his sword, needing also a 15. Nat 20. He deals an instant 12 damage to the woman on the right, while Stockholm closes with the last of them. On short legs, he is not able to close in time. Echo fights to light the torch and does so, while Iona and Paola each launch a dagger at the remaining Mezari. Each needs 13, taking into account their penalty for the malady and the bonus for close range, also their extraordinary dexterity. One hit gets through, and two damage is dealt to the remaining Mezari warrior. She clutches at her thigh where the knife hit, and at this point I will make two bravery checks for the Mezari warrior. Mezari bravery is an 8. A 7, stand and fight. Another roll, since more than half of their group have been felled. An 11, the remaining woman shouts in disgust. You have made a great mistake to cross the Mezari! I swear this! You have not heard the last of us! She departs into the dark, taking her bow but leaving her sisters behind. As for those others in the hall, upon quick inspection, Treya and Orson find the hallway completely empty. Each Mezari is worth 13 level points, a total of 39 for the level point pool. That's two dangerous fights in a row. The vanguard pauses to catch their breath even as the blood totems tower all around them. Treya recovers the three gifts, which were not accepted, before hurriedly searching the bodies of the elvish women with the others, before any reinforcements can arrive. Treasure Room A desperate battle against the Mezari, yet with it have come some rich rewards. By Echo's torchlight, those items acquired are as follows. Two longbows, each with twenty arrows, two spell scrolls, two short swords, six flasks of oil, a mirror and four water skins, two of which are found to contain wine. There are also two large portions of mutton, which, when combined with the bat meat, 
will produce one day's worth of food for the tribe. Also found twenty-four gold coins and ten platinum coins. The clothing of the Mezari is also procured, including two sets of women's boots, two long-sleeve woven shirts, a cape, and two sets of leggings. Of the clothing, Treya at once dresses herself in a shirt and leggings, taking also a pair of boots and the cape. Beyond this, she trades her badly fitting chainmail for a set belonging to one of the Mezari women, which is a perfect fit for her form. As it turns out, the goblin chain, which fit her badly, fits Orson well, and he takes it from Treya, discarding his own damaged chain, which reduces his armor value to a four. The remaining women's clothing is taken by Echo, who dons it before adding the Mezari chain to her backpack. Iona snaps up the coins while the mirror goes to Paola. Stockholm takes charge of the extra water skins and the wine, while Orson stores the rest of the mutton, apparently two limbs from some large animal. Orson and Treya each take one of the scrolls, while Iona and Orson each take a short sword and a longbow plus the arrows. Finally, level points for the vanguard, 50 points for the intro to chapter 19, and 50 points for the intro to chapter 20, 50 points for the intro to this episode, Dwarven Wisdom and another 50 points for chapter 19's real roleplay. Added to that, 60 points for defeating the giant bats, 39 points against the Mezari, and a further 74 level points for the coin found. 373 level points split six ways makes 62 level points each. That leaves an extra level point left over, which I will arbitrarily award to Echo. Taking into account all bonuses, the level points for the Vanguard are as follows. Echo, 1134. Treya, 1097. Stockholm, 1020. Iona, 1700. Four, Paola, 1,704, and Orson, 710. The group has fared well against their enemies. Yet it is still a long way to the waterfall, cavern, and the group has yet to survey any regions that may reveal a more suitable camp. Whether they can do so is yet to be seen, for if the rest of the Mezari return to see what they have done, the group may no longer be strong enough to stand against their fate. You have been listening to The 
Iron Realm. If you would like to show your appreciation and to support new episodes of the Iron Realm, visit patreon.com slash the Iron Realm and be you rewarded. You can also give a gift at drivethroughrpg.com using pay what you want or by taking a share of premium soft cover books, ebooks, and gaming aids for your Iron Realm collection. And don't forget to leave your five star reviews at iTunes at drivethroughrpg.com and beyond. Finally, tell your friends and spread the word about the world's first play-by-podcast RPG audio drama. Do what you can to ensure the continuance of the realm. Your fellow travelers and your maze master, thank you. From the eternal depths of the Iron Realm. I have been your maze master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home. Iron Rail! Good night, everyone.